everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 316. We record on September 3rd, 2014. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malmontano. Uh, it has been a busy week in the world of PC hardware. Um, some major releases have happened. Um, and so we thought we'd talk about it. I mean, it's a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's late at night. Alan had a caffeinated drink and now he's all hopped up and acting weird and stuff. So, uh, first things first, uh, if you don't know, we record this live on Wednesdays at was it, 10 p.m. It's about now, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, sometimes a little bit later. You know, sometimes people in the chat complain. Uh, but if you want to join us live, all you have to do is go to pcper.com slash live. It's where we do all of our live streams at. And if you want to sign up for a little mailing list to let you know when we are going to stream live, you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe. You get this little page, and all we do is ask your name and your email, and all we do is use this mailing list for sending out emails about that. That list continues to grow quite well, so um, we have a lot of stuff coming up in the month of September, uh, including a visit uh, that's already on the calendar from our friend Jacob from EVGA. Later in the month, uh, he promises to have lots and lots of things to give away, so you'll want to be involved with Mostly that advice. Stream. Mostly advice, but that's really just as valuable as video cards, power supplies, or motherboards. Exactly, and mice. And mice. SSDs. Uh, they don't make SSDs, oh. so they won't be giving those Yet. away, be my guess. Darn. Yet is clear. So we got a lot of stuff to get through, but let's jump into the first one. This will be quick. Um, Corsair released another case. It's like they never stop releasing cases. This is the Graphite 380T. This is a mini ITX case. Remember the last case you looked at was the um, Carbide Air 240. Uh, and that was a micro ATX case. It could obviously hold many ITX as well, but it was micro ATX. And it was one that had like the two separate compartments. Very popular. The 540 is a very popular case we saw at QuakeCon. Yep. 240, I think, was a, was a great product mm-hmm. for a smaller thing. This is even smaller than that. Um, you can tell by looking at it here. But it's bigger than a bread box, right? Bigger than a bread box, smaller than 240. I mean, it's kind of beefy. It's, for, for a small case, it's, it's pretty big. Of, I'd say it's big for a mini ITX. Yeah. Um, it has like it has uh, thermonuclear device in Halo Reach. It looks a little bit like it, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can see it in that icon up I mean, there. It has kind of roundness. It has to it, a. Uh, I will. We'll, we'll get the joke out of the way early. Um, no, no. I mean, it has girth. Like it has a. Uh, it has a joking. slight resemblance to the Dewalt workstation oh. charger radios. Yes, and that, that it's exist. almost identical. Right, little black yellow color scheme, but you know, black and yellow. What is? What I'm is, not going to sing. What is? What is going on? You said black and yellow. Um, mini, it's mini ITX, but uh, it is a little bit bigger than some other mini ITX cases. It still has support for some cool features. Uh, like up top, it's got a three-speed fan controller. It's got USB 3. Uh, if you look at the back, you can kind of see how the tech layout works. You've got your motherboard that sits right here, and you can fit a full-size power supply. The one issue with the power supply is if you have a longer power supply, it gets in the way of the three-and-a-half-inch hard drive mounting bays. Um, both side doors are kind of this mesh finish with like a tinted plastic top, and they just kind of pop off and reveal the insides like that. And it is kind of just kind of act like an air filter as well. Uh, you can see in this picture that Ken put together a system. We've got the power supply that goes to about here. You've got a uh, an SSD. You can fit two SSDs in this corner. Um, the three and a half inch bay is supposed to go right where this mess of cables is, and because it's a modular power supply and because it needed some extra space for all these cables, 
we ended up just taking it out for convenience sake. But a lot of people that are using these cases will want to have three yeah. and a half inch drives. Yeah. So how many does it hold? Uh, two. I think it's just a two bay. Okay. Anyway. But it was it would be really really crowded with this power supply. This is a Seasonic power supply of some kind. I think it was a 750 Ken, 850, so one of those. Um, those I would recommend really looking deep. for. Yeah, they're not super long, but it, yeah. I mean, in reality, you should be looking for a smaller 600 watt unit or something like that. Uh, this is the backside here. Again, you see the power supply. This is a Corsair H80, which is a double thick rad cooler that we were able to mount. Uh, on these rails, you can tell based on the rail design, you can support a 240 yeah. on there if you want. There's the cooler installed. This little switch uh, has what I refer to as a dome light inside the case. You can kind of, It's hard to see, really, but there's like light shining down from the top of the case up here. Not just from the MSI reactor. Not just from the MSI reactor, but there is a bluish, whitish LED that, that shines straight down. Um, it would be really cool as like a building work light. You know, while you're kind of putting things in or yeah, running cables. That's kind of dim, though. It's a little dim, and uh, the system has to be powered on Oh, for it to work. So I wouldn't use it as a let's build use this to build the system thing. So uh, it's a neat little case. What's it run? About uh, 100 and, is that $139 or so. Yeah, $139 to $149. So it's a little bit on the steep side. It's got a pretty interesting, uh, I would say maybe at least it's a very unique look and style to it so if it's something yeah. you're interested in check out the review and uh, we have a video that goes into more detail you know and shows the case from a bunch of different angles and everything it has oh the most important part i forgot uh is it has a handle up top so you can just pick that crap up and walk away with it per, you know that'd be a good land machine right it's got a handle kind of built into it into the structure of the case so like the antec land boy oh god Oh, oh God, no! Terrible case. Oh, the worst, the worst. So that's the uh, it's the graphite Corsair graphite three eighty T. So check that out if you want. Uh, next up, as it turns out, Intel released processors and platforms and something, uh, some other stuff like that. Intel Haswell E finally launches. It's been teased for a long time. Uh, we've been talking about it for a long time. Lots of rumors about specs. Uh, pretty much all of those were one hundred percent correct and accurate. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on the architecture. It is a Haswell processor with the graphics removed and in its place, more, more cores. cores and a different memory controller. Right. So we reviewed the 5960X, which is the highest end. It's the extreme edition part. It is an eight core, 16 thread CPU. Um, it is this die right here, eight cores. You got 20 mags of L3 cache and a quad-channel DDR4 memory controller to go but that along memory controller Look at how is much that, huge. Uh, well, yeah, it's quad-channels. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but, I mean, still. I mean, it takes up as much space as four cores. Yeah, I mean, look at that. Like, half the die is just Would you rather have cache two or memory? channels of memory and two more cores? Um, yes. Maybe? My answer. Yeah? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, this, this, uh, this once could you get that many cores, though, stuff Once well. you have that many cores, I think you want more than two channels of memory. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so the, the 5960X is the flagship part. It has a base clock speed of 3 gigahertz, top turbo of 3.5. So fairly low on the frequency range of things. Yep. But again, they're making up for it with core count. Assuming uh, what you're running is going to use well, more yeah, yeah, cores. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but like the Core i7 5930K 
and the Core i7-5820K are both six-core parts. These mm-hmm. are new Haswell E processors as well, but they only have six cores, 12 threads. Their clock speeds go higher, 3.5 to 3.7 or 3.3 to 3.6, mm-hmm. depending on what you're looking for. And then and the 5820 loses a bunch of PCIe Yeah, Express if you look links. at this table, like the spec table, it shows you like the difference from the top SKU to the second SKU is core count, 8 to 6. And the difference from the second SKU to the third SKU is PCI Express lanes, 40 to 28. So this is the first time they've ever actually done that uh, on these E-class parts, the enthusiast-class parts, where they're differentiating PCI Express lanes as one of the differentiators, I guess. They're using PCI Express lanes as one of the differentiators. So I'm guessing the prices are the same as the ones we talked about last week with the leak? Yeah, 999 583 and 389 So before this, how much did it cost for a six-core part? Um... I guess five hundred bucks because you could so, so the Ivy yeah, Bridge E bucks. was six core in the top, six core in the middle, and four core in right. the third. So you could get a six core for five eighty three or whatever it was five hundred and something, and now it's it's about the same. But um, well, no, because you can get the lesser if you want to get the lesser six core. You could get a six x get a six core for cheaper now. N- no, it's about the same. Four hundred. Oh no, no, you're right. All right, you get six, but you limit on PCI Express. Yeah, yeah. If you're willing to give up some of the PCI Express, yeah. if you don't think you're going to do crazy, you know, quad SLI with a PCIe yeah. SSD, it's probably and it's else. probably fine. Because um, even with twenty eight, you can do eight 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 four, which is three way yeah. SLI and a four four lanes for something else like a SSD or something. Right. Or if you just do two and two, then you have room for even you know more stuff yeah. than that. Like I would think um, that just like kind of average gamers if they wanted to go that far to a system like this they could probably get away with that bottom end skew oh absolutely yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um which is it, good right it's cheaper now you got six cores for cheaper and depending on where you buy it like micro center I, yeah they had sales I, intel didn't send a 5820k i bought one at micro center for 299 yeah uh, 299 yeah exactly uh, but that's in store only you can't order it online right ken you can't yeah, you have to go in-store only because they're trying to sell you motherboards and memory and all that kind of stuff. But I just walked in and said, I want a processor. The guy said, all right, well, what motherboard do you want? should have told I me. Said, I would have went with you. I said, I got motherboards. I might have bought he one. He was like, what? I was like, no, trust me. I'm fine. I just need to <laughs> Trust me. Just give a picture of the office. Yes, I'm, I'm good. Just let me take the processor. So um, also along with the processor is a new chipset, the X99 chipset, new motherboards that go along with it. The motherboard itself isn't drastically different. Uh, the chipset itself is not drastically different. You've got more USB 3.0 ports. You didn't have any on X79, I don't think. Maybe two. Maybe two. I don't think you had any USB 3. You only had two SATA 6 gigabit per second ports. That's true, too. Yeah, that kind of sucked. Right? So now you have six USB 3.0 ports, uh, to eight USB 2s. So you have 14 total available to you. And, and now you have yeah. six SATA 6 gigabit on the on the what was the old controller or the standard controller, right, that you mm-hmm. can do RAID and stuff. And then on top of that, there's four more also going to an Intel controller, but not... It's like, essentially... They essentially have two controllers on the same chip. Yeah, yeah. You can't do like a 10-drive, you know, you cannot, um, Intel RAID. I mean, you could RAID them some other way, like software Because, you know, you could, you could actually make an 8-disc AMD RAID on yeah. their AAD. All eight are. Yeah, yeah, you can can't do it on Intel. So, big win for AMD there. Big win on the chipset side. Big win. Um, also, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the processor talks to the chipset through DMI 2.0, 
Yeah, so a it's still and so it's still kind of limiting to that everything. Is about, that's like two gigabytes per second tops. <clears throat> when I started to hear that they had when I when the specs leaked about oh ten SATA ports, yeah, I was like, great, let's get ten of the same SSD. We're going to do this great thing where we raid all of them together. Hey, maybe you could defrag the SSDs at once on that raid. See how watch fast how it goes. fast it goes. Yeah. yeah, watch how fast it defrags. But in, re- but in reality, they, if it's the same DMI link, it's, yeah, it's going to be same. no better than like you know yeah. Yeah, it's also interesting. Uh, this look at this table here. The the new Haswell E supports it technically supports five by eight PCI Express slots, so you can have five eight things of PCI. I don't know how your five way SLI, but you could it's you could theoretically put five GPUs in a system. Now. That would be what extended ATX motherboard. Yeah, it would have XATX or yeah, whatever yeah. that EATX XLATX XATX XL. I don't know something. Uh, but you could technically put five GPUs in there. I don't know what you do with, like, if you're doing compute, that's interesting. Five Titans. Um, you could put five Titan Blacks in there. Uh, make sure you have a couple of power supplies to do it. But from a gaming <laughs> perspective, even f- three-way SLI is hard to do. Four-way SLI is way, way hard to do and barely yeah. supported by either party, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Five's not even, it's not even, it, it's not even, you can enable it. So, yeah. interesting spec. We'll see if maybe somebody yeah, does something. Have, have a PhysX card. This also supports Thunderbolt 2. <laughs> Thunderbolt? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, of course, DDR4. Right? So, now this is the first DDR4 processor and platform. Yeah, um, but just think of the power savings of those five video cards by going to DDR4. So many watts saved. Yeah, so, we're running at one point. Well, I mean, it does save you power. 1.2 volts instead of 1.4 yeah, but it saves you power. You do get some power. Nobody cares saving. on this platform. Your uh, processor is 140 watt TDP. It's got to start somewhere, right? You can get right? five GPUs on there <laughs> for a thousand watts. Yeah. So uh, let me see. Let me let's let's look at something real quick. The processor looks a little bit different physically, but pin count is the same. It's a different socket. You can't plug these in. Yeah. Heat spreader looks a little different. It looks more like a server, like a Xeon kind of yeah, heat I don't spreader. Really no, it's yeah. it, it just. Yeah, I oh, think that is no. That's a forty nine sixty X. I can see the outline of my Sharpie marker, but I don't think I, I think it's unique. But it's really just for retention and security mechanisms. Uh, DDR four memory we got in from Corsair. Some of their Vengeance LPX low profile stuff. It looks just like memory. Yep. There's a little bit of a I wave or a curve. It like bottom. rocker memory. Yeah, they could. Kind of rocker. It's got that on there. Yeah. Rocker. Uh, and this is the X99 Deluxe motherboard. Maury has a review of this ready. We're probably going to post this up tomorrow when the podcast goes live. We had enough stuff to talk about on the podcast. That is such but a that's, pretty board. That's, it is a pretty board. It's a really good-looking product. The it's, pictures it's don't got, really do it justice. Yeah, this is a, just, like, the picture doesn't make it look as good as it actually does. It has tons of cool features in it, like vertically mounted M.2 slot. Yep. Uh, With a little bracket you can put on if you want. A little bracket for security. It. It's got uh, 12 SATA ports. You know, not all of them from the chipset. Where's the CMOS battery? Uh, it is vertically mounted right here. Ah, see, smart. I think he's going to like it. I think he's going to like this mother. Unless you have a gigantic yeah, where's the cooler. Where's the CMOS button? Uh, that is right here. This red. Oh button well, right that's yeah. a nice place for it yeah. because on that MSI 970 board I'm doing. Yeah. The battery and the clear CMOS is right under the first PCIe slot. So awesome! Play your video card. Get to it if you have a video card. <laughs> EVG also sent over a micro ATX uh, X99 board. No, we haven't had a time to test it yet, but we got to use it. So you can fit. Yeah, I think I think Ken's going to put together uh, maybe a system in that Air 240. For those, for those that want a couple of inches of motherboard left over after their RAM and CPU. Yeah, I mean, you can still get SLI graphics cards in here, though. Yeah, you could. SL, you, could do, you could do SLI. Can you run Crossfire on EVGA motherboards? I guess you can, right? 
know. Jacob's in yeah. the chat, so. Oh, we'll Jacob, answer in the chat. Somebody pay attention. Can you run Crossfire on EVGA motherboards? That's that seems like something that you guys wouldn't I'm pretty sure wouldn't do anything against. If I see this big yes. SLI logo, yes. okay, all right. Yes, Thank he you, answers. <laughs> Good. Uh, but this is a pretty sweet looking board, and I love the idea of getting that much power into a small space. So yeah. we'll probably put two 780 Ti's with this and a 5960X. Nah, we might build the 5820 out of this or something. Yeah, a modest, a modest X99 platform. Uh, overclocking. Uh, we'll spend more time this more time on this in the future. But I was able to get <coughs> 4.6 to 4.7 gigahertz on all eight cores. Yeah, right. Which is a 36 percent increase in performance in a benchmark like Cinebench over stock. So, do you play around with the six core part yet? Uh, just barely. I wonder how high that'll go. Uh, early results say lower frequency than this. Oh, but there's a lot of variance, right? I mean, yeah, it could just be you know. I either have a really good 5960x or a bad 5820k. Yeah. So you're talking 36 percent more performance when you overclock this and CPU, you know, threaded CPU benchmarks. Yep. Versus stock out of the box, and it's already stupid fast. Um. Couple of real quick benchmarks to show you. Memory bandwidth is important now that we're at DDR4. Where are we at here? There we go. We're pulling about 45 gigabytes per second, 45 to 47, which compared to Ivy Bridge E was like 32, and compared to current Haswell is about 17. So there is a difference there. Whether or not your application will actually feel that difference is up in the air. Yeah. Depends on the application. Yeah. Uh, like this version of Handbrake. Not super threaded. It's not really going over the four to eight thread count. Oh, really? Uh, but the X264 benchmark clearly does. Right, you can see your frame rates. The 4790K is the Devil's Canyon. Yep. Very high frequency Haswell part. Four gigahertz base versus three gigahertz base. So you're talking about 25% clock speed difference, but a 100% core count difference. Yeah. So interesting and then even, to look at. Even if you're running a game that's at the number of cores... Like you're still going to see a difference because everything that was running in the background in Windows is potentially there are no eating games into that, that right? are really here. Look, multi <laughs> multi GPU gaming performance. We tested three GTX 780 Ti cards. Look at that. We compared it on it's the meat <clears throat> stack. That's like totally yeah. not a fire hazard at all. We compared that to a toaster oven and found that it cooked the toast much quicker. Yeah. Uh, we tested three 780 Ti's on the 5960X with X99. Yep. A 3960X, which is a Sandy Bridge E with X79, mm-hmm. and then a 4790K, which is Haswell, on a Z87 motherboard. Because the Z87 is the only board we had that supported more than two-way Those graphics. all look the same to me. Uh, they all look pretty much the same in terms of your performance. And we tested it at 4K. It's really kind of how much bandwidth has to transfer across that PCI Express bus, etc. So et I'm et guessing none of those games are really CPU-bound. Uh, yeah, that's what you're looking at, right? And yeah. and so the theory was what you might see is slightly less stutter mm-hmm. or frame variance because the CPU is helping things along. Sure. Um, but that wasn't really the case either. Okay. Um, you know, you can see here, and, and the problem, I think yeah, the your problem is... The percentile fr- FPS is like... It's the same. Yeah. It's the same. And if you look at the frame variance, like in this case, you get a little tiny bit more frame variance on that black line, which is actually the Haswell E. Huh. Right. I, I I think we're within margins of error here. The yeah. issue is really not the the CPU or the platform. Uh, this one actually has a little bit better performance on Haswell E. This one may be a little bit more grid two. Grid two, Josh. What that might Electric be. Electric boogaloo. But when? the frame variance know. is identical. I, I think what you're looking at more really are 
complications of three card SLI. Yeah. As opposed to anything to do with the platform. So maybe if you are just a gamer, then this isn't like, don't uh, spend more money on your video cards to get another whatever as opposed to. I still would like you to do a 990FX machine with three of those cards. Okay. I did get a 990FX board in. How many PCI Express lanes do they have? It's what, 40? Okay. I got it. Yeah, I got. Uh, uh, so you can do sixteen eight eight. Okay, I can do that because we got that oh. AMD platform in. Oh, huh. sweet! So I can do that. Okay. Um, cool. So I, I would say my multi GPU result is like if you have a Sandy Bridge E, you're not going to get much better performance and high resolution yeah. gaming from it. But the people that are interested in Haswell E are just usually the kind of people that want to upgrade to have the best stuff. Okay. You know, and if you look at people who are maybe on, I don't know, something like way back in time, like a Core i7-920. You mean like me? Like way back in time, like ancient historical processor technology. This I is can't. like a good upgrade point for you. I, I built that system. For somebody, not you. Just I built somebody. that system before yeah. I started working for PC Perspective. I know. That's, that's, how, that's how old it is. Mm. Uh, yeah, power thanks consumption. for making me feel bad. Yeah. Power consumption is actually pretty good, right? It's actually not much higher than... The quad core Devil's Canyon part? Even though there's two more cores? Yeah, at 25% less power, right? I mean, think about it. As you increase that voltage to higher yeah, clock yeah, speeds, yeah. you know, it is, what is it, square difference? Yeah. As opposed to linear. So, interesting. Uh, cost per dollar, not a winner. It is a $1,000 CPU. Ouch. Uh, so, you know. But you tell them what you get for that $1,000. Eight. I just did eight cores. Oh, okay. Uh, so sixteen threads. We just poor AMD FX sixty three hundred. Ken put these pictures up here. Ken took these pictures for some reason. He picked the FX sixty three hundred. Well, the, we uh, had to have like an AM three in there. <laughs> you did. Uh, it just I felt. Cu- sad. I couldn't find an eight core. We had a ninety five ninety someplace probably. Yeah. Uh, it's a big chip. It's a good. It's a good processor, but I mean, it's a thousand dollars. The extreme edition parts are. For very specific people, you know who you are. You're not going to be suddenly convinced that you need a thousand dollar part. No. Um, workstation users, people who do tons of video work and then also do gaming, this is the type of platform for you. Motherboards will range from 200 and above. Memory kits will start at 240 and go up. Uh, hopefully, those will kind of price down. Yeah, I mean that's another thing, right? Like that's DDR4 mm-hmm. that you're running on these games, and the game again doesn't same, surprise you know, me. Not that one much of bit. it. Yeah, and DDR4 memory won't won't change very much at all. Yeah, right. Regardless like, of its you know, CPU test, the whole or gaming. quad channel, this, that, the other thing. See, that's why I told you I would and, pay two yeah. more cores for two less channels. Yeah, I would just you just buy. Another. I mean, it depends on your workload. There are a lot of memory intense workloads. Well, it looks like even for a gaming perspective, even two more cores. What's that going to do? Nothing. Nothing. Right. So, but it would make my videos encode faster. Oh sure. <laughs> While I'm gaming. Well, then game on a Xeon. Yeah, that's way more expensive. Oh, there you go. You're talking about three or four thousand dollar parts. So uh, that's the Core i7 5960X. Uh, the full review is up there with all the benchmarks and everything. Uh, obviously at PCPro.com. But uh, and we have I bought a 5820K. We're doing a review of that, finishing up some of the overclocking testing on it. Um, and it's a much more reasonable purchase price to enter into this platform. Yeah. Right. And I still think it'll make a a fine and dandy gaming platform for somebody that wants to do multi-GPU. So, Any other thoughts or comments on Haswell E before I trans? Do what? Grass. It looks like it's a really nice product, but it's kind of expensive. <clears throat> Thank you for your witty commentary. I know. I'd like one, sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, let's talk to Josh now. Ugh, I guess we have to. AMD FX processor refreshes. So they lowered the price of the 9590, and then they released the 8370 and the 8370E. So what, are the, what is all this about? You know, if you think back I try many years ago, <clears throat> the 8350 was released, I believe, in November of 2012. It was kind of a big deal because it was the Vishera. It was better than uh, the bulldozer before it. It were. They fixed a lot of power issues. They improved performance a little bit you know, per clock. And it was just a, a much better chip. But then Intel continued to release better and better chips throughout that time. And AMD <clears throat> kind of focused on the APUs. So we had at that time, uh, what, the Trinity which yeah. then went to uh, Richland, and then finally we're on Kaveri. So we've had three fairly major refreshes in the APU, and in that time we had two new product releases, the, the first one being the uh, FX 6350, oh, yeah. which was a higher clock, six-core, or form three-module, whatever you want to talk about, <laughs> and then the FX 9000 series. Which were OEM only at first. Uh, they, they had to be sold in a system that had manufacturer-approved cooling in it. Right. I had no idea. And they no were like $850. There was $899 at oh, uh, release, or it was near the 1000 at first, but then Holy it kind of slowly dropped down. And But yeah, it, it took a year before it could become what we would consider a little bit more affordable. And of course, the problem with that is... <laughs> It's a 220-watt part. I compliment so. your photo, by the way. I love this, uh, the processors on the box. It looks like water is actually in there, like, and it's on grass, like maybe you're running it through the sprinkler. That would have been a good I am. It's, it's, it's Splendor in the, gla- in the grass. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, love yeah. It. It, well, the lighting outside was so perfect that day. It was. And good. I didn't feel like setting up my stinking photography tent, this so I just great. threw the shit on the grass. Just uh, get perfect lighting all the time. Yeah. I live in Wyoming. It's everything's perfect here. Anyway, um, so what do you want to talk about first? The price drop or the new parts? Well, let's talk about the new parts because whenever we have seen refreshes in the past, think back kind of in the maybe not golden years, but certainly the bronze years where we had the, uh, what was it, Shanghai processor? Uh, Not Barcelona. I can never remember. But anyway, it was the, the first 45 nanometer Phenom 2s, uh, the 920, 940, mm-hmm. 960, 970, 980. Whenever we got a refresh, we got a bump in performance, and we didn't get a huge jump in power consumption because AMD still kind of had control of their fabs at that time, and they would do continual improvements over time that would improve yields, improve power, improve bins, all of these things, so they could release... These new bins, new uh, refreshes mm-hmm. that were actually faster. Now we're kind of in a strange little place. AMD no longer has control of their fabs. It's now Global Foundries. Global Foundries is worried about Global Foundries. They have a product. They need to offer that product to their customers, but they can only do so many things in terms of customization, in terms of spending R&D resources on maybe just one of their clients, and so they're more constrained than they used to. So this 32 nanometer F, uh, PD SOI 
process has kind of been static. Yes, they've, they've made improvements in it in that we have seen an improvement in yields, an improvement in bins, but there has been no improvement in the basic physics of transistor speed or power yeah. consumption on this particular node. Damn so it, unlike, physics. What's that? Damn it, physics. Damn it. Because if you think in the, the, the Phenom 2 920, I believe, was the first process it there. It was a 3.2 wow. gigahertz, and it was hitting 125 watts. And through the years, they improved that process over time, and next thing you know, we've got the Phenom 2 980, and also uh, the, the Phenom 2 X6 you know, 1090, which is 6-core. And these didn't break the bank in terms of TDPs. And now we've got this static 32 nanometer that when you want to increase performance, you're, you're not only breaking the bank, but you're robbing it and you're, you're demolishing it to the ground with the 220-watt TDP processor. So it was kind of exciting to hear. It's like, hey, the, there's a refresh coming down the road. I wonder what all it means. So? Okay. Well, the refresh part at the high end is the 8370. It shares the same exact base clock of 4 gigahertz with the 8350, which was available Two years ago, this is a 125-watt part. The improvement on the 8370 is that the boost clock goes from 4.2 gigahertz to 4.3. Ooh, that's 100. It is. Well, it's one-tenth of a gigahertz or 100 megahertz, if my math works out. Something like that. Okay. But, yeah. That's the uh, only difference. It's, it's kind of a small difference. Okay. Now, the positive of this is that it doesn't cost any less. It's $199, <laughs> which was the same MSRP of the 8350. So, when you're running single or uh, you know, dual-thread applications, you more than likely will see that 4.3 gigahertz boost clock, and it will, in fact, run faster than the 8350. When you max out the modules in yeah. terms of, like, running 8-thread Cinebench... It's going to go down to 4.0, 4.1, depending on thermals. Sure. And it's not going to be any faster. Right, right. So it's like running to standstill. I'm happy that AMD has a refresh, that they have new products that they're able to get out. Yeah. But I'm kind of sad that they haven't been able to extend that. I mean, even if they had gone a base clock 4.1 to 4.3 or 4.4, that may have been something to write about. You could see more tangible benefits from that. But instead, we've got the same 4 gigahertz base clock and then only a boost to 4.3, which mm. 100 it's megahertz. It's not always introduced. It's not always even a factor. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you've got three threads running. And so what's the, what's the E variant? What's the E variant? Now, AMD released what they call the E variant. This is a more aggressively bin chip that supposedly is more power efficient. Uh-huh. Um, the 8370E has a boost clock of the same 4.3 gigahertz. Now, to achieve the 95-watt TDP, they kind of had to adjust some of their base clocks, which okay. goes down to 3.3 gigahertz. Whoa! That's low! Yeah, that is kind of low. And uh, that that is still 100 megahertz faster than the old 8230, which is good, I guess. Okay. Yeah. But um, it performed slower 
and pretty much everything than the 8350 and whatever I threw at it. The only thing that was different was like Cinebench single thread, where the 4.3 gigahertz boost actually worked as advertised. Everything else, gotcha. it was below the 8350. And this is a part that is, is uh, it costs $199.99, same as the 8370. Yeah, so if you look at the Cinebench uh, results here, if we look at the 8370E versus the 8350, it's just slightly faster, right? Yep. But if yep. you go to the multi-threaded result, it's slightly not slightly faster. Slower. slower. So what is, not, what is decent, I mean, I've been watching the, uh, the clock speeds of this, and it does hit from in between 3.8 to 4 gigahertz when all four modules are yeah. loaded up. But... It, it it's the uh, the, the power um, the circuitry and uh, and the algorithms that kind of say hey here's the TDP we need to stay under it. I mean it's it's constantly adjusting that and it is going to be slower. Huh. Huh. And in my testing, and I know that not everyone has agreed with this, um, you did see about ten watts of difference in at at, at the plug-in. Gotcha. Now. It could just be there's some uh, you know differences between chip and chip that I've got possibly a, a bad one. Also, I use the MSI 970 Gaming instead of the uh, motherboard that AMD sent me, which was the uh, ASRock 990FX Killer, you which has an M2 a... socket in there, by the way, slot. All right. Okay. Um, but uh, the slocket, if you will. Shit. <laughs> haven't heard of that. In a while. <laughs> um. So. You'll probably I'll be testing this a little bit later on with a different motherboard to see if we can have a little okay. bit better performance yeah. uh, in terms of power consumption. Because as it is, the E doesn't consume all that much less power. Doesn't seem than like a relevant thing. I mean, save your twenty bucks and just get an eighty-three fifty. So tell me about this uh, price drop, though. Of- the price drops are pretty decent. Eighty-three fifty again. It's price drop. At- 20 bucks, so it's 179.99. So that means that when specials come around, we're going to see it for much less. The 8320 has gone down a little in price. Uh, the other release was the 8320E, mm-hmm. which again is a 95 watt TDP part again, as compared to the uh, 8320, which is 125 watt. So it's at the same price, but you're 95 watt instead of 125. Uh, the biggest ones were the 9590 and the 9370. They went down in price significantly. $229 for the AMD FX 9590. If you've got your own liquid cooling system set up already, this is not a bad upgrade for you as long as your motherboard supports a 220 watt. <laughs> I should point out that's 80 watts more than the Haswell E processor we just talked about. You should point that out because it's... That's okay, but they're only 8-core processors, so they're practically equivalent. That's that's a 4770K more than the 5960X. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, and I don't want to hammer on AMD too much because, I mean, they're doing their best. They're doing good things in APUs. But an AM3 Plus has not been updated worth the beans. Um, yeah. yeah, it's nice to have a refresh. It's good to have the price drop. Um, I want to see some more numbers with the 9590 at this price. We've got that processor and stuff here. Maybe we and it performs well. I mean, yeah. it, it, when you've got eight all eight cores running at that's at 4.7 gigahertz, it it smokes through programs. It's Literally. just that that single thread performance and, and gaming performance 
that Intel really has just wrapped up nicely, and plus the thermals. Uh, if you're doing any kind of video editing, photo editing, stuff that will utilize those eight cores, it's a fast, fast processor. But it is hot. And mm. if you look at the wattage in that you know, power and overclocking page, can't. Can you uh, see it? Are you saying it draws more okay. than 220? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to bring it. There you go. Here it is. Show it to me. Come on, Ken. Show it to us. 330. And this is basic. 330 This is almost 100 watts, watts more than the 8370. It, and so that 220-watt TDP is pretty damn accurate. <laughs> I mean, it is pulling a lot of power. And the, the cooling system is going to work a little harder a little? to keep that... I mean, it, it, admittedly, the cooling system that AMD bundled with this... Um, well, you don't get that for 229 You're going to go you through a liquid nitrogen much quicker. Right. That's going to be a $300 investment. Uh, it does keep it around 40 to 45C under load, which okay. is nice, and yeah. it's not overly loud. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're paying at it from the, uh, the wall. Yeah, yeah, but I think we've always done that. I'm just glad that they're like price reasonable now. They are let's, exceptionally reasonable. Let's, let's talk about the 9590 more again later after either of us have done more CPU testing with it because I think it will Correct. be an interesting part. So. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, if you don't care about power, I mean, if you think about if you've got a 100-watt light bulb going in your house all the time, that's the power difference. It's not, I can't buy incandescents anymore, Josh. I'm not allowed. Government won't let me. Well, if you have a hoard of incandescent 100-watt <laughs> bulbs. I've been storing them in closets. Yeah. Yeah. It won't work. Yeah. They don't store very well. They that. die. Oh, well. Sorry. But anyway, uh, you know, wrapping this kind of up. Yes, please. It's nice that AMD is moving forward. It's bad that AM3 Plus has not gotten any significant updates. It would have been nice to have a 28 nanometer steamroller-based 8-core with plenty of L3 cache, as well as a chipset that supports things like PCIe 3.0, USB 3.0, and 8 SATA ports. But instead... We have no native USB 3.0. We got six SATA ports and PCIe 2.0. I mean, this chipset okay. was introduced in 2010 as the 890 series. It just got rebranded. But it says 990 on the box. Yeah, but it was rebranded. It's the they, same they silicon chipsets. Yeah. All right. So well, let's you know, let's 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 end our discussion of that processor then, or that that refresh. It, okay. it seems uninspired. It's right a little uninspired, but yeah. you know what? At least they're doing something, and they're keeping their hat in the performance ring. And certainly with the 9590, I think that with the price cut is the most interesting part of this entire story. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of AMD unable to move forward, let's talk about the Radeon R9 285. Just kidding. This is actually it's an okay part. It's a pretty good part. Actually, Josh thinks it's a he was more excited about it than I was. But let's talk about it real quick. The R9 285 is a new GPU from AMD. This is not a rebrand. Not an, an SSD? It's not an SSD this oh. time. No, okay. no, no. We haven't moved on to the R9 SSD. I thought it was a faster SSD. No. Sorry. Close. All right. Based on the pictures, I would think that that's not accurate. Just think how fast that SSD would be if it was powered by that silicon. It's exactly. So fast. Much. Yeah, but it's only got two gigs of storage, so it's really not going to help you much. <laughs> You're right. It's really fast for a split second. So 285 is a new piece of silicon. It is not a rebrand of Tahiti or anything like that. It is a new GPU called Tonga. It's still a 28 nanometer GPU. Everything else remains the same. It's still based on GCN architecture, uh, but it is a new design. And basically what it does 
is they sent over like a sapphire card to use as reference. Uh, what it essentially does is it takes where's that that picture? Here we go. It takes the 290 series and the 280 series as they currently exist, and it kind of mashes them together, and you get a new part called the 285. Hmm. Now, the 285 performance is pretty much identical to that of the 280. If you look at it gaming performance-wise, it's it's a little bit faster in a couple of places and it's a little bit slower in a couple of places. So you're getting like the new features? Is that what the... But you get the new features. You're getting... Uh, uh, you get AMD True Audio technology. Okay. Right? You get uh, Project Because everybody FreeSync likes support. a little TNA. Of course. True oh, FreeSync support. You get FreeSync support built into this GPU. That you would have to buy this new GPU to get. Well, or so like the 290 and 290X already support it. Okay. Yeah. And the 260X technically does as well. But the 280s, 280X, 270, 270X did not. Now the 285 does. Uh, You get XDMA crossfire support, which is the bridgeless crossfire. Right. And you get uh, an updated power tune, which whatever. Okay. It's not as interesting as as they try to make it sound. And true audio too, right? Yeah, true audio. That's the first thing I said, I think. Um, So now it wins some and it loses some benchmarks. If you look at this table, uh, it has the same GPU core count. has the same stream processing count as the 280, 1,792. It has a slightly lower rated clock speed, same texture unit, same ROP. It has lower memory. It goes from 3 gigs to 2 gigs. And it has a smaller memory interface. It goes from a 384-bit memory interface to a 256-bit memory interface. This isn't sounding like the same as the other card with more features. And the memory clock goes up a little bit from 5 gigahertz to 5.5. So is it a wash on the difference then? The performance is pretty much a wash in my testing. But they have improved and tweaked the architecture in several key areas. Um, You know, you're actually getting, even though the clock speed is a little bit lower, you're actually rated at a higher teraflop theoretical peak. Because of these differences, um, Josh and I are kind of going through some of them. Um, you've got improved 16-bit floating point and integer instructions. You've got better tessellation support. You're now doing 4x primitives on your geo shading. Right. Um, so how does all this translate into the actual like game? It's about the same, oh, right? Okay. But you're saving it a little bit of TDP. I think the TDP difference is 10 watts. 200 to 190, but you're getting the extra features. Oh, that's good. And, and not only that, but you're getting that same performance with two-thirds of the memory huh. speed. Yeah, right, right. So your, your, your memory bandwidth is lower, for sure. But the clock rate is a little bit higher. The clock right? rate's a little bit higher, but not enough to, like, like right, the memory right, right. bandwidth numbers aren't the same. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not equal. But because of the improvements in performance, they're able to huh. get performance back up to that level. That's cool. Um, and don't forget that they've knocked 30 bucks off the price, too. Compared to the 280, I disagree or at least with at that launch. statement. Yeah, well, at launch, right? And when did the 280 launch again? I right wasn't after yesterday, Hawaii. was it? It was not this week. No, it was not last week. Um, it's been a while. Uh, they also like so they got rid of the memory bus width, and and I think Josh, you can help me on this too. Like they increased transistor count from 4.3 to 5 billion, mm-hmm. but the die size. Goes only goes from 352 to 359 millimeters squared. Okay. So they wanted to keep the die size about the same mm-hmm. while adding a bunch of transistors. Which they had to add for those extra features. I think. And there's other, uh, there are probably other changes involved in here. I know Scott at Tech Report thinks that there's a 384 bit memory bus hiding in there. I don't know if I know, if I think that's the case. Um, there's definitely more stream processors hiding in there um, for another release down the road. Um, but so, they have like, you know, four times the command processors yeah and so you've got greater granularity all there uh primitives 
double that. So you've got yep. the four, what, uh, four streamer engines that they you know kind of break the the GCN uh, cores into, and so yeah, you're getting better tessellation, you're getting better granularity, and in between those command uh, and execution processors throwing data at these four different big units Word. that each contain eight GCN cores. Um, compute units. Compute units. You're, you're gaining a lot of efficiency there, and you're not expending so a whole my, lot of TDP. My issue with that is the TDP difference is small. Like, you're gaining efficiency, I guess, just based on architecturally, but at the end of the day, the whole card is about 10 watts less than the previous generation card. So I don't like I don't. What, what does that mean to somebody? I don't. Well, it also means that the actual price of the board itself is going to be less. You need slightly less robust Only power. Pass that uh, the biggest thing is going to be how many layers on the PCB that you need, because you'll probably have like a ten instead of yeah, the maybe fourteen for a three hundred eighty-four bit bus. But the, I imagine they're using the same boards for the first run, at least the first runs of two eighty-fives that they have for two eighties. Maybe some tweaks, but no. You don't think so? No, not with a no, no, not with a two fifty six bus. No. Okay. Yeah, they changed the bus. There's going to be a less. I mean, spinning PCBs, and I I was told this many many years ago by 3D Effects when they had remember all their different designs for the six thousand series mm-hmm. Voodoo Five. They're like, yeah, we can spin out PCBs, no problem. That's that's relatively simple as compared to GPU design. And so putting out a new PCB to reflect the updates in in memory size as well as power, yeah. they can do that relatively quickly. Okay. It's just the cost of actually producing a higher uh, layer gotcha. package. So the performance result is kind of interesting, right? So the, the, two, the 280 is going away. The, two, the R9 280 will be is end of life. What's available for sale is the end of it. Yep. If you find a good deal, buy it up. If you've got one and you're thinking about going to Crossfire, you need to do that now. Okay. Um, so it will be gone, and now it will be the 285 against the rest of the competition. So the 280X is still out there. It's a higher-performance card. And the GTX 760 is like the 239 to 259 product from NVIDIA. Okay. And How did that uh, compare? The 285 is never slower than the 760 in my testing. It's sometimes even and sometimes faster. Okay. Right, so it's it's the better card over the GTX uh, 760 for sure. Um, but for example, like if you look at this result here, it's hard to see the black line. The black and blue line are basically identical here. That's the GTX 760 and the R9 285. But the orange line is the 280, the, the R9 280, the older one, and the old one. And the R and the green line is the R9 290X or two, uh, 280X. So that should be higher. But I expected the orange and the black lines to be a little bit. Yeah, closer yeah, yeah. together. Uh, but you look at a different game like Bioshock, and this is kind of how it you was presented by spread, AMD. Yeah. Right. You okay. got 280X, then 285, then 280, then 760. Right. And I think more games do that than, than the other way around. Crisis 3 is one that is has it about on par yeah. with the 760. But if you look at Metro Last Light, again, you see the 280X, the 285, the 280, and then the 760. I mean, it's just different games that. highlighting different yeah. ways that that one card right. is different so than the other. Games so. that, have, that are highly dependent on memory bandwidth yeah. are probably going to favor the 280 over yep. the 285. Yep. Games that are GPU, very, very GPU dependent, mm-hmm. like core dependent, uh, are going to favor the 285 over the 280. Um, so... I don't think it's this is this is this is the hard part by the conclusion. I don't think the two eighty five is a bad card in any fashion. It's a perfectly fine graphics card. It just, in my opinion, doesn't do anything 
better enough to warrant being really excited about. Well, they're just replacing the old card with one that has the new features. So the the problem is, you could b- before this launch, you know, keep in mind the card vendors knew about the 285 coming out. You could find 280s for 219 bucks, right? Right. Which is thirty dollars less. Yeah. Than the 285. Um, well, and, I mean, okay. So how long has the new one been on the market? Uh, since Tuesday. A day. So just a day, right? Yeah. So I mean, give it like a couple of weeks. It might drop like twenty bucks. Maybe. But I don't no. think so. No? No. And, and that's the thing is like, this is just a part, in my opinion, this part is not being released because, hey, look at how more how how much more performance there is or how much more efficient it is. Yeah, or, it's the same. It's the same product that they're like, oh, crap. You know, we've been promoting FreeSync. Yeah. And the 280s don't support FreeSync. Isn't that like their big, one of their big mover like, isn't that their price I point? I imagine the like, 280 is probably one of their biggest selling lines. Yeah. It probably is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like, we need to make sure we have parts out there that we can claim it. If we launch FreeSync Monitor with only the two yeah. the, the top two SKUs realistically supporting it... Then it's not FreeSync. That's, that's not a good idea. That's not, yeah, it's not a good idea, right? Like, that's, I, still argue that's it's not, I still argue it's not called FreeSync because you have a lot of people that are going to have to update their video card to well, get Well, in, in theory, FreeSync. yeah, right? Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, we, we, that's a discussion for a different day. But yeah. uh, they also launched a new Never Settle Space Edition that includes, like, you can pick I- Alien Isolation or some Star Citizen modules. Um, I don't know. I, I think it is a good part. I just don't think it's, like, a great part. I, I, I disagree with you. What? Tell me why. Tell me why is it better than everything else that is already out there? Like, the, why is it better than the 280 that it's replacing? Hey, is that I, okay? I argue that it's FreeSync support. And like true audio, if you care about that, but okay. th- but at the end of the day, what else? Hang on, they are they're they're building a new foundation with this because the thing the one of the things that you failed to mention is the new color compression scheme, which allows it to get that's how it can keep really improve the performance with a smaller memory bus. You've got a smaller memory bus, and you've got a cheaper card for manufacturers, and so they're more willing to do more interesting cooling, uh, more. And interesting power solutions like Asus with their uh, you know DC two stuff. Um, you have a extra seven hundred thousand transistors. Seven hundred million, but yes, hmm. yes, seven hundred million, which is not insignificant. It Wait, is, is it right? Yeah, four point three um, five billion. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, and uh, you're actually lowering TDP by ten watts. Even though you're adding, but you 15%. took out fifty percent of your memory bus and lowered clock speeds, albeit slightly, but you lowered clock speeds. Yeah, but uh, those two things, as compared to another seven hundred million transistors, I mean, how many transistors did the GeForce Three have? I don't know. Sixty-two million. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so you're adding a lot of GeForce Threes to this. You are about ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, you know that aside, you've got. Then XDMA, which fixes all of the issues that they've had with Crossfire. And I realize that, yes, they, they put some uh, software in with the 14.1 yeah, that 14. fixes Crossfire and multi-display. Mm-hmm. But that was a pretty tortuous software development cycle. Would you not agree? It was, but it's done now. Yeah, it's done. So XDMA, it gets rid of all of that. It makes any kind of development much simpler in the future because it, it you've does, got yeah. this high-speed yep. uh, communications protocol 
on the PCIe Express bus without having to go to the CPU. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big plus. Uh, True Audio. When you put all these things together, it makes a great foundation for products that will be coming down the line. I, um, they improved efficiency. They're able to do amazing things without with with one third less bandwidth for memory. They're even though they the, did increase I, the speed. The idea of it being a foundation layer, like I get it, but they're laying the foundation identically on top of the previous foundation that was there. They're not moving it. They're not saying, hey, look, and now we're going to make this 25% cheaper, right? But they give the manufacturers with this design and how much less probably the chips cost just because 20 nanometer is a mature process. PCB board design, power design, it gives the manufacturers a lot more space to lower the prices over time for these products. I, don't know. I I think you had I think you give too much credit to the the card vendors. My, my rose colored lenses. I think, no, I think or? you give too much credit too much capability for the card vendors to actually change prices on their own. Right? AMD and Nvidia control all of that. Right? Control um, all the things. They control all of the things, right? And and the price drops happen because of rebates from the GPU vendor going to the card vendor. They don't happen because the card vendor goes, eh, look what I can do." Most of the time. Maybe maybe sometimes they do. I, like I said, I don't think it's a bad part. I just am not. You're not blown away. I'm, not, I'm just not super excited about it. Like yeah. because we, we have we've had all we've had all these features since last November, right? With Hawaii, yeah. right? And 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 it, it's taken them a long time to get here, and, and it's replacing a part that was launched in 2012, right? Yeah. Tahiti came out in 2012, maybe 2011. I think it was December 2011. Yeah. I guess just considering where we're at with 28 nanometer and what they've been able to do with compressing the design and adding that many more transistors and that extra performance without yeah. breaking any kind of TDP lip barriers, I think that's a lot of interesting engineering. Maybe. And that's probably where I'm impressed, and I think that they can do more interesting things when they actually do jump to a lower process node in I would say that if they believe what you think if they believe that what they have created is a truly interesting and unique product then they need to present it better than they did with this They, they, they almost didn't want to talk about those new architectural bits in Tonga like they were embarrassed that they even had a new GPU or architectural changes at all. Like the the press call to to inside baseball, the press call we had was like, oh yeah, and it's Tonga, and there's some new stuff in there. But let me tell you about the Space Edition Never Settle bundle. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like the literally, I hung up on the call and I called AMD again, or they called me back, and I said, why aren't you talking about the GPU? This is the important stuff. Tell me about this GPU. And they're like, well, you know, there's some things, and there's this and this. And they were very uninterested and uninspired about why it was exciting. And it translated to me being, well, okay, fine, I'll just test it and maybe it'll blow me away performance or power and it didn't. So, you know, what, one last piece of the puzzle. I, I didn't notice it if you had actually covered this, but did you run like Luxmark or a GPGPU? No. I think that would be really interesting. Okay. I mean, so what, I mean, if it performs better than what? Like 10%. Well, I mean, then you can take a look and say, hey, you know what? When in things like, you know, just this GPU, G- GP, GPU stuff, yeah. you know, even though it's clocked lower, we're getting 15% more. We've got a third less bandwidth, but we're still getting 
15% more performance out of what essentially is the same card. I mean, that's that I mean, if do you think AMD would be ecstatic if they could get 15% more performance out of their 8370 and losing 10 watts? I don't know. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, well, we'll see. It, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to be excited about it. Uh, but anyway, hey, we'll uh, we'll have more cards coming out soon. I believe we'll have 285X. We'll probably have like 275 and 275Xs. And I can either be equally unexcited and you can be equally blown away by what they are able to do in those places. So Maybe a 295X. Oh, wait. Wait, 295X. 297X. 297. Yeah, there we go. That's good. All right, let's talk about another review that Alan posted today. Uh, this one uh, should be less, much less controversial. The Western Digital My Passport Wireless, mobile wireless uh, terabytes, it sucks. I'm going to say that now. Fight me. I like it. Damn it. Okay. Controversy. Uh, so this is a battery-powered, portable, Wi-Fi-enabled hard drive. Yes. has 2x2 two two wireless N, okay. 2.4 gigahertz. You can, uh, they just updated the MyCloud app. Western Digital MyCloud app. So if you had that app already because you had some other MyCloud device, works with this, right? Yeah. So Ken's doing sign language. Yeah. Um, all right. So basically you fire this thing up. It becomes its own hotspot. You connect to it with either laptop or portable mobile devices, what have you, right? Phones. Uh, phones. Laptops, tablets. You have to have the app if you're going to try to, sure. you know, connect to this with the phone and do stuff. Um so once you're connected to it, you can then put this on your network or on your MiFi or whatever you have while you're traveling or hotel Wi-Fi or whatever, right? And then so now everybody's connected to this guy so they can stream video and music and look at photos that are stored on this. Look at photos? Photos, yes, photos. that are on this. Maybe some leaked images? You should uh, also go in and set your security settings once you've purchased this so that people do not acquire your photos and leak them. Um, yeah. So once you do that, it basically it acts like a pass-through for Internet while being able to sure. access all the stuff on it this. It slows right? down your Internet a little bit, probably. It slows down your Internet because then you're limited by this radio. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. this radio can still do, like, 10 megabytes a second because it's 2 by 2 Sure. So, it's, I mean, it's a decent speed, right? Uh, it's enough to handle four simultaneous HD streams, which Russian Digital claims this will do for six hours. We're going to test that tomorrow since it's been charging. Okay. And I'll put some video on a loop tomorrow morning, and we'll We're see. We're just going to take right? four computers and make them watch crappy video all day. Just, uh, just over and over and over again and see how long it goes. Leaked video footage. Uh, yeah. It does have some flash memory on the PCB inside. Okay, what's it So, do? that acts like a, a read-ahead cache. So, if you're oh, streaming stuff... Okay. The hard drive spins up. You know, it does like the old iPod thing. Remember the hard drive iPod? Did I'm sorry, that. the iWhat? Yeah, iPod. The remember? what pod? It's, uh, the what? The what? What? The what? What? No, the, the iPod. The Zune. Back, oh, the Zune. Back no. when there was a thing with the hard drive. It was a hard drive Zune. I had the brown one. Yes. Right. Did that spin down the hard drive when it was? I don't know. It was a long time ago. I like how you seriously talk about the Zune like it was a well-known thing, but not everybody the knows what the Zune is. Uh, yeah, because okay. you won't stop talking about it. It's a love my So uh, the other cool thing on here is, uh, so say you're traveling and you're, you were driving out to wherever and you had your kids in the car, and they're, so they're all streaming movies off of this guy that you mm-hmm. loaded mm-hmm. to it before the trip. You can load stuff onto it quickly because it has USB 3, and if you connect that straight to a computer, you can transfer over 100 megabytes a second. It's basically just the hard drive speed. Sure. Right? So you could fill it up pretty quick. Cool. Then you disconnect it, 
you're streaming, the kids are watching videos and stuff while you're in your minivan or whatever, doing your Mr. Mom thing, right? To get to wherever you're going. Okay. Then you get to your destination and now you're (laughs) on vacation, right? You're going to take a bunch of photos and you don't want to be that person that had an SD card fail on them. And then they lost like half of their photos from their trip. I don't want to be that person. Right. Um, So there is an SD card slot built into this guy. That's pretty cool. That's my favorite feature of it, actually. And, uh, and there's two different modes. You can configure them through the app, or if you connect to it with a computer, like you can actually tell it what you want it to do. It can either copy, which acts like a one-way sync. So you can keep, like, every so often you can take your SD card if you have enough uh, SD card 30 capacity. 30 more pictures, it'll just copy. Yeah, I only took pictures. 30 more pictures. You plug it back in. You tell it to sync again or, you know, pull the pictures off. Or you can just tell it to move them, and it'll just move them onto this drive and clear the card off if you don't have enough card storage. Mm, I don't like that idea. Well, if, if you don't have enough card storage. For I get trip, you. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's cool. You could do that on the go. Like, you don't even have to hook it up to anything to do it, right? Like, you could just hit, like, the Wi-Fi button. I think you tap it, and then one of these lights blinks while the copy's going on, and yeah. then it just goes back to normal once That's it's done. Cool. Yeah. Pull the card back out, you know, go back to taking pictures, right? Um, and inside this, if we look at the pictures in the article, it's just a it's a two and a half inch hard drive. It's a two and a half inch AV rated hard drive, which is supposed to handle like simultaneous streams, low power. That's what it's claimed okay. to fame is. It's got a thirty thirty four hundred milliamp hour battery. Yep. And then this little, it's got the SATA controller there. I see their SATA flash. Some, no, it's flash memories on the top. Oh, flash memories up here. Yep. This is the memory, the RAM. Hynix and you've flash, got a, a little bit of RAM. Wi-Fi controller and stuff. And ooh, some staples. And uh, clips to hold the hard drive in, yeah. But you know, it's it's pretty you know it's pretty rugged-ish kind of. The hard drive is rubber. What do you feel about the mounted. mobile apps? Like, do you think that access method is good? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's I like it that it's like okay. So the app on iOS, as mm-hmm. as I was looking at it today, it handle it's basically acts just like you're streaming anything else. Like right, you can you can start playing some music through that. And then you can exit the app just like, in, like you, you're playing Pandora, okay. right? The, the music yeah. will keep playing in the background, yeah. right? Uh, you can play videos that are on this, like just through through their native app. So, the app you're using the app's video player to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, all that works. You know, you can flip through pictures. So be careful what you're taking pictures of if you plan on dumping you them know onto this, saying. because then your kids are going to be able to see the pictures that you just dumped onto this. If you know just what he's letting saying. you know. So. Um, yeah, so I mean, pretty this, good. So has my iCloud been hacked with this? No, but the uh, initials JL are uh, inscribed <laughs> on that particular model. Hmm. Yeah. This is my mm. favorite one now. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, pretty nifty device. How uh, much is it? So, oh, I don't have that page open. Oh, I can look. Uh, two terabytes was like 220. Two one terabytes terabyte. is 120. One terabyte is 180. Yep. And 500 gig is 130. So you go from 180 for one terabyte up to 220 for two terabytes. Yeah, the, the spread is not very big of a price spread. 130, 180, 220, yeah. Yeah, because you're paying for all the rest of the stuff in this, and then the hard drive cost is really not that much in addition. Yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah, so uh, my suggestion is, like, if you're thinking about the one terabyte model, realize it's $40 more to get to double. I like the uh, cost per gigabyte metrics there of... Uh, 26 cents per gig, 18 cents per gig, and then 11 cents yeah. per gig. Yeah, yeah. so it's uh, definitely gets you more bang for your buck as you go for the more capacity. Looks like on our screen here we lost us a Josh. But I'm back. Oh, and he's Whoa, so and he's loud. loud. So oh, sorry. So loud. Quick, quick. Adjustment, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah. And where have your video oh, that's too? Better. Oh. Mm. Oh. Do we not have your video? Do you want? Um, video? Oh wait, hang on, hang on. Let me. Uh... <laughs> You've never done this before. He's got to so... turn. He's got to turn the handle. No, I can't reacquire Ooh, video. Juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best awesome. episode of the show. I, I have turned. So, so yeah, video. I mean, you know, cool little device thing for traveling. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I can see his preview. I like. Yeah. Well, why why I, I don't you just the SD card call me thing back, like Ken? Oh, wait, yeah. We'll call. We'll call you back, Josh. Call I, him I, back. I think my favorite feature is the SD card part yeah. of it. I just I hadn't seen that on any of the other ones. Yeah. Yet, I mean, I so. I know people that do photography, and then I've you know heard horror stories about like they. And we're gonna do a battery pictures. test in terms of yep. seeing if it actually lasts what they're saying. Yeah, we'll just we'll just have four. Hour we'll just have four things stream from it. You know, tomorrow. Yeah, and we'll see some, how we have some computers around here. We can. But Western Digital claims it goes for six hours. I mean, I don't see them being that far off. Mm. It seems like a pretty beefy battery. Josh, you still here? I am. Okay. Am I really? No, Ken, Ken's doing his balancing act right now. Ken, so do fine. your balancing act like you know how. All right, let's move on. We you don't want. You know what we're talking about? Me doing balancing act. I I went to a Russian site. I didn't download any viruses that I knew of. Uh huh. But the 285 is slower in Luxmark than the 280. Uh, by a significant margin. Your image like is frozen too, so that's amazing. Awesome. You're, you're winning. I'm going to get out of that Russian site. You should, you, yeah. should stop, you should stop being in that Russian website. Maybe that'll, that'll fix everything. Um, so let's... Like uh, on the day of the Haswell Ian XN9 launch, uh, this will be a real quick mention, uh, we did a live stream that has become the uh, video on our YouTube channel about Haswell and Haswell E. Uh, but we also did, uh, part of that was an interview with uh, Intel's Matt Dunford, mm-hmm. who has been around forever uh, at Intel and, uh, and I think in the media actually before that. Came over on the arc. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, we did an interview with him. We talked a lot about about some interesting stuff. His his title is principal evangelist. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can see it here. Here's there's Matt. Doesn't that make you feel more comfortable about what they're doing to you if he's the principal evangelist? Uh, maybe a little. Probably not though. Take it on faith. We're better. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's actually a pretty good interview. I, I'd encourage you guys to check it out. We we talk about like why DDR4 now, why quad channel, uh, why the differentiation with PCI Express lanes and whatnot. So uh, uh, check that out if you if you haven't done so. You can get, either get it like I said, it's embedded in our uh, Haswell E review, or you can go to YouTube.com/slash PCPer for more of that. Um, I had this in here in the rundown, so we'll go ahead and mention it. Everybody released X99 motherboards. Look, Asus has X99 motherboards. Oh, hey, that X99 motherboard looks familiar. It does look familiar. I think it's the Rampage 5 Extreme coming out. X99 EWS. Uh, oh, wait a minute. MSI has X99 motherboards. The Empower. How does Johnny She the gaming pronounce X99? I don't know. Jeremy, if I were to say, what is the one feature of the MSI boards that I like the most, that I find most interesting, what do you think it would be? Uh, well, it's probably the complete discharge button. No, no. Because they do have a brand new complete discharge button, which trumps <laughs> the original discharge button and actually clears out the PCH, too. Oh, so my it's lord. actually even better than I Christmas. really hope they don't spell it like they thought they did. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it's a typographical error. That's just the font kerning doing that. Yeah. Uh, I think the X99S Gaming 9 is the one that has the, uh, uh, what's that, Avermedia chip on it? Oh, the True Audio 2. Nope, nope, nope. Evermedia, like, video encoding control? Oh, the, the streaming engine one that lets you essentially stream 1080p without any yeah, sort there of impact we go. on the your X99 game? Yeah, The X99 Gaming. Its masterpiece yep. is Streaming Engine, featured on X99S Gaming 9AC, which is dedicated onboard hardware streaming solution for streaming gaming activities at 1080p 60 megabit per second without impacting FPS. We could, we could try yep. that. Because, obviously, if you have an 8-core processor, you don't have room to encode your live stream. Obviously, you can have the six-core processor with only twenty-eight lanes of PCI. Hey, at least you've got the you've got the internet bandwidth now to handle that. I like that picture. Save that picture. Of course, the nice thing thing about that is that it is a four hundred and sixty-dollar board. Holy crap! Yeah. Wow. The X ninety nine Deluxe is like four ninety nine, isn't it, or three ninety nine? It's four hundred bucks at least. Uh, Also, Gigabyte has boards. Asrock has motherboards. They have the X ninety nine Extreme Six, which just looks like that. They have a like a, a another one as well that's like workstation based or something. This looks like more of their modest, lower cost option. Uh, but look at those gold capacitors. You could put one of those uh, Xeon Phi's in there and it'll match nicely. Yeah, that's yeah. True. almost everyone went with Nichicon uh, capacitors this time. It's kind of nice. Well, 140 watt TDP will do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's, um, Jeremy. What do you know about the Nighthawk? X4 AC2350 router. Anything other than it looks enormous. Oh, sure. Pick well, on looks me for a, the router. Looks a, well, hey, you know, we, I didn't get to hear your voice much yet tonight yet because Josh was dominating and all. Um, and I thought this kind of looks like, like this looks like the head of an AT-AT a little bit. And so I thought maybe this would be worth Well, uh, no, it's, it's, it's got a little bit of that going if they put yeah. some extra ears on it. <laughs> but, of course, that it's, it's the Mimo like, that we're getting used to so that everything that's coming out nowadays has four antennas on it. Yeah, cool. Now, what they're doing with this one is trying to sell their quality service. So they're calling it dynamic quality of service. And what they did was essentially give uh, an example of somebody who's streaming YouTube and on their computer, and mm. somebody who's watching Netflix on a P- on a TV at the exact same time. And so what it will do is it will limit the YouTube to just a little bit more than real time so that it's not buffering and feed as much as it can to Netflix because Netflix is not mm. quite as kind for buffering. Of course, this is also going to play to gaming and such, but what they're really going for is they're more HD video providing. So it's it's... It's going to be interesting, and it's certainly going to be able to do it because it's uh, an arm with a Snapdragon in it, I believe. Oh, no, sorry. That's the other one. No, this is oh, it. It says yeah. it's a arm quote, clocked uh, Snapdragon DNA with dual crate cores. Yeah. So whatever that particular things mean. Well, you're, you're repurposing Snapdragon for doing network commands. It's, it's weird, yeah. but at 1. the same time, it makes gigahertz. sense. It's parallel. 1.4 gigahertz ARM processor. Uh, you know what? <laughs> After some stuff that we'll talk about here a little bit when our hardware software picks, it's becoming 
more relevant that these pro that these routers have high end processors and a lot uh, of yeah, like, it really capability. Is. Yes. So uh, this is we're I sort think of going you, back to when you used to take your old PC and turn it into a router because yeah, the routers could do fancy stuff. Yeah, you yep. could do it. Now we sort of do open old WRT or a couple of the other ones. So this now we're actually getting ones released that are useful. This will do 802.11ac uh, on five gigahertz up to 1.7 gigabits per second. Four channels of 433 megabits. So, that's a beast. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff in there. It's got an eSATA port as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it does. It's also two hundred eighty dollars. Wait, wait a minute, eSATA? What's that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, no, it, it honestly does have an eSATA port. I don't, I don't remember eSATA. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so that's you guys were talking about this earlier, right? The AC twenty three fifty versus the AC what nineteen fifty or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything different that you noticed? Four antennas instead of three? Pretty much. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about, well, we got at least one more little news. No, we got two more news items here. Matrox has got a new video card out, um, and it uses an AMD GPU. Yeah, Cape Verde. What the hell? (laughs) So, you know, if you want something that's got the power of about a 770, this will do it. What's it do special? Like why? Is so I got like a lot of heads and broadcast stuff. In it. Yeah. No, it'll do the Matrox multi-head thing. Absolutely. It's just that they haven't done anything with 3D in forever. Huh. But at the same time, I think what they want to t- do is tie that into uh, a, a production-level uh, AMD card, right? So you've got a couple of those in your system. And you want a video card to run multiple monitors, which you don't want to have to bug your yeah. GPUs that are actually doing work for you at the same time. Uh, also, uh, Matrox apparently sold less than 7,000 units. Something like last that. Last quarter. Yeah. Rounding to 0.0% market, market share. Think of the markup. That's <laughs> <laughs> so well, considering sad. Considering that they're selling stockbrokers and hospitals, they probably use a good markup. Josh, any particularly strong memories or that are affected by the fact that Matrox is using an AMD chip now? You know what? It actually reminds me of number nine. Do you remember that video card company back in the early nineties? Can't say that I did. They didn't ever really develop. They they didn't develop many of their own chips. They used some others, but uh, you know they developed the drivers, interesting boards. And uh, extra features that were not initially designed into those chips. So number yeah. nine, I guess Matrox is turning into them. But you don't know number nine anymore. Cause no, but gone. it sounded like a good story, so I'll believe you. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah, Nobody knows story. Matrox anymore either. All right. Let's go on to our last story here. The Radeon R9 295X2, which is the dual Hawaii video card. Self-contained, water-cooled GPU. No, two GPUs. It's a dual GPU card. Will be uh, is selling currently now in several places, in a couple of places, uh, on a couple of SKUs for nine ninety nine. How much, Josh? Nine ninety nine. Thank you. Um, <laughs> which is a fifty percent? No. Yes, a thirty three percent drop uh, from fourteen ninety nine to nine ninety nine. Uh, and you can avail. There's two models available on Newegg. Apparently, uh, a gigabyte. Card? It's the exact same card. Oh, what do you mean? Same card as what? No, just like as what it was before. It's not like a new anything different. Nope, it's method. the same exact thing. Like they're all identical looking, even though they're sold by all different companies. I just knocked. 
They just took 500 bucks off of it off. And plus yeah. you get um, three free games with it as well. Everything must go. Everything must go. Wow. Uh, it's a pretty that's – a, that's a hell of a deal. It really is, right? Like the Titan Z is still 3000 bucks. Yeah, that totally, yeah. Needs to, that totally needs to get like uh, $1,000 At this point, I don't think NVIDIA is willing to sacrifice kind of um, – I don't think their they were spirit the entire time. To sell more. Yeah. Right? Like they're not interested. Yeah, still twenty nine ninety nine. Like you can get that card cheaper than that if you buy it through those resellers we talked about last week, like the 4K under 4K bundles and whatnot. Yep. Uh, but at least XFX, and I think Gigabyte has uh, 295X2s for nine ninety nine on Newegg. Amazon prices, we'll probably see them there tomorrow. Um, I will say when I was at Micro Center buying that 5820K, that in the, graph- in the expensive graphics card section where it's all locked up, there was a Gigabyte... 295x2 that had a giant yellow clearance sticker on it um but it didn't have a price on the sticker it just said <laughs> clearance item and so i don't it, i don't maybe it was selling for 999 already i don't know but i thought that was interesting nonetheless so is amd doing this because they have so much inventory that they desperately need to get rid of probably is amd doing this um just to stick it to NVIDIA one last time before new NVIDIA GPUs or new AMD GPUs start to filter out? Yeah, probably. Somebody in the chat saw a Titan Z for 1830. I would love to see that link. That'd know, be nice. If it was a new one, not yeah. a used one or something. Papa Dragon, link. Because um, you know an enthusiast with 1000 bucks is probably going to be more tempted to buy something right now that's available than something in three weeks. So, hey, let's get those enthusiast dollars oh, now sure. I mean, before the, they take it. Even even taking into account like all that, like, this is less than the price of two 290Xs, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's good. I mean, this is, this is in my opinion, how these should be built. Anyway, uh, but I, I mean, I think it's fair that if these were selling really well, AMD wouldn't feel the need to cut $500 off the price tag. Um, they're probably not selling really great. I don't think the Titan Zs are selling any better necessarily. I think the I think both companies overestimated the market for $1,500 to $3,000 video cards. So they're selling it at less for probably as little as they can and still making any kind of money on it or saving any kind of face for, you know, you can't make it $799, <laughs> right? That would be crazy. Do it. Do it. Uh, so if you're interested in one of these cards, or maybe two of them, now you can pick up two for $2,000. Only $500 more than you were going to get one before Or last three week. for the price of a Titan Z. Yeah, but you can't use three. Oh. You can only do four GPU. So you're forced to still be cheaper than Titan Z. You are being forced to be cheaper yes. than, than Titan Z. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's, that is that. Let's uh, get into our hardware software picks of the week. Um, let me, uh, uh, where am I at here? Yeah, you might want to get ready. Get your, get your screenshot ready. So uh, we've been talking about for a while. We finally got our new internet installed this morning. Uh, Cincinnati Bell Phioptics gigabit fiber. Uh, rated at 1,000 down. Rated at 250 megabits up. Um, so here is uh, – let me actually let me show you this screenshot first. This was like a ping test we had from earlier today. Showing 491 megabits per second down, 239 megabits up. That is to a Cincinnati server. Um, uh, yeah, hey, let's do that. That's a good idea. And the the 491 is less than a thousand. 
clearly. But True. I think our issue is we were having problems finding anybody that could give us enough bandwidth to run that <laughs> test. Um, because even the Cincinnati Bell like internal bandwidth test only ever got up to about 430, 450 because the file that it downloads to do the speed test downloads so fast that it doesn't have time to ratchet up yep. the bandwidth. So to fix that, we did this, which is uh, we use Steam. Right, and everybody loves Steam. And then after the SSD buffered, well, no, hold on, you're ruining the, you're ruining it. It did at one point. <laughs> ruining this. Uh, we decided to download. Let's. What's a dumb game that's big like Max Payne Three? It's about thirty gigabytes. It downloaded in about five and a half minutes. Yep. Uh, and we peaked at 101.1 megabytes per second, which, if you do the math, is about 800, just over 800 megabits. Yep. Per second. Uh, and yes, as Alan alluded Obviously, to, it's totally my, a surprise. My uh, my internet <clears throat> is not anywhere close Clearly to that. Clearly not. As no, no. The other surprise. Go to one. In my video. I didn't. No, I didn't ruin that surprise. Do it. This busy writing to disk part here indicates that Steam was having more trouble writing to the SSD than downloading yeah. to the drive. And for those that want to like call us out on like, well, SSDs can write faster than that. They can't write faster than that. Like. Very small random writes like what Steam does. Or what network traffic would generally bring yeah. you. Yeah. Right? I mean. Um, and then when that wasn't happening, the other bottleneck that we found is that the router itself. Oh, yeah. Our router is, is kind of the bottleneck at. We, he looked up it's some It's an AC66U. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the Asus AC66U that yeah. on sm- small net builder they tested, and the throughput internally oh. of the router is limited like. to about 800 megabits. Yeah. So I think. Oh. So I think we hit our bottleneck not from Steam, but from our act like the router yep. itself. So uh, there we go. I haven't found any place yet to up to test our upstream. Our speed tests indicate we're getting all the bandwidth we need, but like I can't send to Amazon S3 faster than like twenty twenty two megabytes per second. Yeah. Well, twenty megabytes. Is about 160 megabits. So. The issue is just single link speed, right? Steam, you get faster speed because it's multiple, like it's a multiple link download. Yeah, I guess. I just need to have somebody with a gigabit connection try to download, uh, like if we set up an FTP server with like one 15 gig <laughs> file and have them do like a multi-link FTP and, and try to draw as much as they can and see how much they get from 15 us. gig and see how many seconds it takes. Yeah. So uh, we had a lot of fun with that throughout the day. Uh, so we'll we'll keep you apprised as how it goes uh, if we have any other issues. But clearly it works. Um, and I downloaded. What did I download? I just, so you can see in this list, I downloaded uh, Batman Origins, Arkham Origins, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Three, and Max Payne Three just because I wanted to see. And then I deleted it all. And then I'll download it again later. Like we should have just deleted Titanfall and re-downloaded Titanfall because that's fifty gigs. Yeah, just yep. to taunt everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Well, clearly. Taunt. Clearly. Yeah, we, we were able to grab 30 gigabytes in under five minutes or so. We should just tweet out, you know, Titanfall download times every time we retry it. Yeah, and people would love it. Yep, it was seven all, minutes all this time. new benchmark. Let's script it. Yep. Got to yeah. use that bandwidth somehow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do we got up next here? I don't have anything queued up, but it looks like Jeremy is our next contestant. Yeah, and this is not going to need anywhere near the bandwidth that you have. Well, this good. is just the the Wix Sense, which is a little tiny uh, software dev kit. Well, it's more of a hardware dev kit for playing with the Internet of Things. So yeah, all it is is you know a little Bluetooth that's going to do power and communication, 
It's got a gyroscope on it, an accelerometer, an e-compass, which are always wonderfully accurate, motion activation, uh, map rotation, barometer, and humidity and temperature sensors. So it is an Internet of Things sensor. You could hook <laughs> this up, create it your own baby monitor. You could make sure that your fridge was at the exact right temperature and would send a Notify you message. Notify you different, huh? Or, or hell, you needed to send a message to something to try and pump up... Uh, the amount of uh, energy going to it, like there, yeah, this is sort of like a little dev, dev kit sitting for there and, and looking. Sorry, damn it! I'm sorry. I warned you when some small child is opening up the refrigerator and looking vacantly into it while all the cold air escapes for the next ten minutes. It will then play the air horn that you've set <laughs> strategically above the fridge. Oh gosh. And it's 20 bucks. It'll work with iOS and Android, so programming it is going to be dirt cheap and easy. And for 20 bucks, it just gives you something to play with and get in on the Internet of Things because, hell, as we all know, the first person to invent a dumb thing makes a crap load of money once they sell it. Oh, damn it. 20 bucks. I just clicked Start a link. Playing. I just clicked a link from that article about a Home Depot confirms payment data breach investigation. Yeah, they uh, Son had of a quite a bitch. <sighs> if necessary, so that hot tub is looking much better for you, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I didn't buy it from the Home Rona Depot, but I buy a lot of crap oh, at Home okay. Depot. So if there's any credit card that's going to be in there multiple times, it's mine. And Ryan, you should also be able to hook this up to something to uh, blast noise at your pups. Oh, I like the idea. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. I still think the water gun's the better way to go. Water cannon. Yeah, water cannon. Thank you. All right. T-shirt cannons won't work. We have to, yeah, well, it depends how many times you can load it. Uh, <laughs> Josh, what do you got? Hey, you know, I'm surprised Ken doesn't put up a picture of My Little Pony since I'm just frozen. Lord love D-Link and their routers or something. Okay. But anyway, uh, you know what? I heard this uh, video card's pretty good and interesting. And if, if you like the idea of, of being able to use true audio XDMA and other things, and uh, the R9-285... Is not a bad card to have. Only two gigs of frame buffer, which I'm not entirely pleased about. I wish they would have four, but uh, you know, you can crossfire these things more adequately than you could previous things. Except, of course, doom, 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 doom. Um, <laughs> the MP3 people are going to be so confused by that song. But anyway. I like it. I think it's worth it. Maybe you want to wait a few days to get it. Yeah, I, I would wait a few days. Let for that. Wait for that stock stuff to kind of yeah return yeah. to where it should be. Because like it's it's listed as two fifty nine uh, on Amazon, like from Amazon, but like ships in three to four weeks. I think that will be significantly less than that. Um, so worth keeping in mind. I don't think it's a bad card. I know you don't think it's a bad card. I just don't card. think it's an amazing card. It's just not card. a great card. It's not a great card. No. That's right. All right, Alan, what do you got? Okay. Ken showed me this today. I think it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I'm thoroughly confused. So up, say you're getting, you know, Ken caught me, like, going through random emails. I was, I'm going through this <laughs> thing of, like, ah, unsubscribe. Oh, I didn't know such thing. That's from Texas, that junk. I don't want <laughs> I that anymore. have done this. You know, that kind of thing. Wait, uh, have we? I don't know. I think I did it because I did it on my Gmail. You might have done it a long time go ago or for a pick of the week, though. But uh, unroll.me. So you go there. You point it at your Gmail account. 
you give to be it fair, access you have to, to give it access to. You have to give it access to look through your bit, Gmail. Yeah, about, but but yeah. all they're looking for is they have a database of all these ad. Jennifer no, like Lawrence photos. No, not that. They have a database of all these things that are subscription-based lists or whatever. And this thing just goes through everything in your email and just like gives you a nice, neat list of, okay, here's everything that you have been subscribed to or that you're getting ads from or whatnot. Yeah. And then on that page that shows all those results, you can just go through and just pick like unsubscribe, just yeah. one click. Yeah, I went and through then, this. You know, and then when you submit it, when you submit that part of it, like it just unsubscribes you from that stuff that you want to unsubscribe, and then there's another option. To everything else that you didn't check. Uh, well, no. The other option is you can roll up stuff, what they call roll up. You can uh, roll up a lot of stuff. So you can so you can take you know it's kind of like a uh, what they used to be called when you're on a mailing list and you get like a daily or weekly digest. highlight digest version, right? Mm-hmm. This basically right. does that equivalent, right? You roll up, I want to roll up all the buy.com and this and that and whatever. I still want to see those, uh, but I don't want to I don't want to get peppered with them throughout the day. It'll roll them up until like one thing that only comes, you know, periodically. And then you can delete it and never read it. Well, and that's just one email to delete, right? It's not like you know, you just get like then you could just send your roll-ups you know, to the spam folder. To be honest with you, I definitely did this. Yeah. I don't remember it being effective. I don't really, I don't. Well, I mean, either, I did it. Either, I, either some of it, like, maybe, maybe it has been, and I just haven't. Maybe you just have so much of it. Maybe. Yeah. But, like, I still get a bunch of stuff. Maybe I need to run run it through again or something. Maybe. But I feel like. I don't know. If I were running a buy.com list and I got this request, if there's any signature that, hey, this is unrolled.me doing this and not the end user, I would go out. You I don't guess. count it's and just not keep sending it. Well, they probably just click the link. May, uh, I mean, maybe. Yeah. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. If there is yeah. any kind, not, I don't well, mean no, like. Because they go through your email, so. But any kind of signature if they're that pulling those, it's a robot. If doing they're pulling it. those out of your email, I would imagine they would link. Your emails unsubscribed link. Oh, I'm sure they. I'm button. sure they do it like that. But yeah. if, I'm saying if there's any hint that like buy.com's mail server says, well, this is a robot doing yeah. this unsubscribe. Yeah, we'll just kind of ignore it until the person actually. Well, does we'll it. see. But, I mean, I, yeah. I unsubscribe from a, a bunch shot. of stuff today that I I will notice if it shows up. Ooh, so, they support Outlook.com. Because I basically unsubscribe to all the things that were local things to where I have previously lived and don't live anymore. Right. Because I'm in the military, for example, a lot, you know. for example, I get mailing lists about University of Wisconsin alumni groups. Uh, well, never been to the state of Wisconsin. Aren't you part of that alumni group, though? Not in Wisconsin. Oh, come on, Badgers! I hmm. I never been. Like I said, literally never been to the state of so Wisconsin. You, you should unsubscribe from that. I have. <laughs> oh. I have, and I have reported it as spam several times. You got uh, spam from University of Minnesota, University of uh, Ohio State, T OSU, (laughs) T O Ohio State. Josh, you shouldn't shouldn't send video anymore. You just don't even bother. I mean, all right, that this has been a long episode, but I think we had a lot mm -hmm. of stuff going on here. Uh, Next week will be interesting. Um, I will be at IDF for a day or so. Alan will be at IDF for a little bit as well. Um, but I'll make Alan come back and do the the show. I won't be able to do it. I don't know where I'll be. I'll be someplace. I honestly don't know. Uh, but there will be interesting stuff to talk about from IDF. It's a very interesting yes. IDF actually because there's only one keynote. There's only a keynote on Tuesday, and then like Wednesday and Thursday morning are usually keynotes, and they're not keynotes anymore. Oh, 
It's very what are odd. They? It's very. They're they're doing these things called mega sessions, which are instead of having a keynote that tries to talk about six topics, mm-hmm. they're going to do a mega session that is shorter and do multiple at the same time that focus on specific subjects, right? But still, like in the big room with a huge audience and and like the same style of event. I don't know. It, it's it'll be a first time. They're thing. not going to steal your totally unique idea of having a rundown list on the side of the uh, God, podcast. They better not. They yeah, better that'd not. just be wrong. They better not. All right, uh, we're going to wrap up the show, guys. Sorry, it's been a long one. Like I said, pcpro.com slash podcast, pcpro.com slash live, pcpro.com slash subscribe. Uh, and go to PCPro.com every day, all day, all the time, and click, click all of our ads. stories and news items and read everything and look at all and the ads. ads. Click on the ads. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't visit JoshTech.com. Definitely, definitely. Because there are no ads on that one. Just one beautiful, beautiful Just ad. Just one beautiful render. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, we will see you next week. Thanks for watching. I'm Ryan Schrum. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. <laughs> and I'm Alan Valentano. But who's the other guy? Oh.